Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special Christmas edition of Under the Floorboards, where we laugh at the creatures that go bump of the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. How are you this week? Fabulous. Tis at, the season. Tis, tis the season and ringing in the bells with us this year. We have a very special guest, Miss Molly Souza. How are you? Give it up. I'm great. Seasonal depression isn't affecting me at all. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I made a a reel about Twilight the other day, and I that gun looked a little bit tastier and tastier. <laughs> and at first, I thought it was the Twilight thing, and then I was like, "All right, it's dark Wait outside, and it's three p.m." Yeah. <laughs> you felt like I made a reel about Twilight, and I would have gotten like, "You're in a bad place." Like, I... <laughs> okay. he's he's learning way too much about himself. He's way too angsty. <laughs> Well, you guys know Molly from the up and coming late checkout. Yep. Also, grind next year. Yep. Uh, slash Lorette party. Yep. Which is available on Tubi. If you guys want to go ahead and check that out as well. I and still need to see Slash Lorette party. I apologize. I thought you watched it with me. No, I didn't watch it with you. How high was I? Very. I swear, because I've watched it like three times. You're we watching Attack on Titan, not Slash Lorette party. <laughs> Uh, so Molly, give us a little bit of background before we get into your pick for this week. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I just got out of jail. No, um, I'm an actor. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. I, I just like to do things, including murder in, in horror movies. I can't admit to anything else legally. My lawyer told me not to, um, I don't know. I do a little bit of everything. I just love being involved in the horror community, especially. So I've, I've, you've mentioned a couple of, of things I've done recently. I co-wrote and acted in Late Checkout. I acted in upcoming like crime, hillbilly, noir, thriller, The House Among the Trees, the Slasherette Party, like mm -hmm. a lot of fun, different things. And I paint terribly, uh, which if you're watching this, you can uh, suffer through visually behind me. Yeah. I think that looks better than my fake background and like the space between my fucking like headphones and shit. So yeah, I know I I stand by your barb background, her dick sucking black belt, her. <laughs> Besides wood paneling, sorry, Eric, you're no, included. That's fine. This it's is okay. just what his kitchen actually looks like. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm so excited for us to have the fucking studio built. I was going to say. <laughs> We're not far off. We're not far off. I'm not married to any of this, so. <laughs> but anyways, tis the season. So, Molly, your pick this year was a godsend uh, compared to last year. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your pick? Oh my gosh. So Black Christmas, 1974, uh, probably one of the first maybe like 10 slasher movies and is like a slasher holiday movie, which is like mm -hmm. a fun little mix up there. Famously, one of Steve Martin's favorite movies, if you've ever heard that. Uh. Um I do, I love anything that involves it's like the trifecta like I want to I want to squirm and be so uncomfortable I want to rip all my skin off I want to laugh a little bit and maybe just maybe I want to cry I want to feel mm -hmm. those emotions baby and I feel 
I feel like Black Christmas kind of has all of those. I horrified all of my family members at holiday parties with this, and I can't wait to horrify everyone else with it, too. And that was we're here. beautifully put. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did you write that down or was that just improv? She's a oh. professional. I was going to say, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a film that uh, fa famously directed by Bob Clark, uh, which is my it's favorite. Awesome. It's my it's favorite. Awesome. That's my favorite piece of horror trivia ever is the fact that this guy felt so fucking bad about giving people nightmares for Christmas that he had to make a Christmas he story. He made arguably the best <laughs> Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> in response he made the best horror he made the best christmas movie of all time twice true <laughs> very true so like do we just kind of like sit around the like i've heard of people doing like halloween trees and like horror themed christmas trees and shit like that is that something you've ever taken part in or like do you know what you, what would you put at the top of your tree if that was the case of a halloween tree probably a shrunken head but i do agree that like why can't i just have a festive tree in my house at, at all times why is that like a yuletide thing <laughs> right now i don't know if this is going to give everyone motion sickness it's uh it has eyeballs on it it is kind of to be like a horror themed um there's a giant peacock and lots of eyeball ornaments but yeah i mean why do you have a, a festive tree and drunk relatives in your house like all the time right <laughs> i fucking love that so uh one thing we do a lot on our show molly is we talk about the very first time we watched this like just kind of like what that felt like the very first time that you cracked open black christmas do you remember what that was like for you i do i so i love horror movies now um because i can kind of like microdose terror in the comfort of my own home like you get that like overwhelming sense of of dread but you're fine um but the first time I saw this it was with my mother one of my favorite psychopaths um and she introduced it to me and I wanted to fucking die like the the phone calls the like you little piggy cunt, like that it just I wanted to take I wanted to rid myself of my skin and never watch anything ever ever again um which of course made it one of my favorite movies ever that I watch every year on Christmas usually. <laughs> How it ended up that way. But yeah, I definitely remember it being super horrifying, which is interesting because I'm from the era of like showing it all mm -hmm. of, of like the Saw movies and-, and, and Hell I, yeah. I think like uh, Black Christmas kind of gets that the effectiveness, the dread, the mystery without actually. I mean, it shows you some stuff, but there's a lot of it that's like left up to your imagination. Mm -hmm. And my mind is probably one of the top 10 <laughs> most horrifying places to be on TripAdvisor and Hilt. <laughs> it, it works for me on a bunch of different levels, it's just stayed with me. You just can't take Yelp personally because it'd be like, yeah, it was a horrifying experience because the parking was shit. Right. <laughs> one star. <laughs> I rate this product one out of five because it didn't arrive. Why did me after using this? You're like, that has nothing, nothing with it, but okay. Uh, so, Eric, was this your first time watching yeah, this? Yeah, this was my first. I had the misfortune of seeing the other one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is my first time watching the, uh, what I'm going to, um, kind of like stand on it on this one is this is the correct version of this movie in my opinion 
Um, I feel like that may be a little purist to say that and, and instantaneously a little bit maybe divisive. That may be a hot take. I don't know. But I just disagree. Um, and this was kind of one of those things for me where you see where movies like Halloween that clearly like took a lot of inspiration from this movie. Um, that's what Wikipedia said anyway. Um, <laughs> all of the all of the shit is there for like a classic horror slasher kind of 70s vibe like the sound design is there the acting is there the scripting the script writing is there um the use of the word cunt in this movie is there and things like that it's just kind of one of those instant classics for me and i came in here today i walked into john's house and immediately was like this shit was so much better than that other one <laughs> it, just, it just is Scratch uh, all those the less horrifying stories about college roommates like as far as it goes you're like you have like people who steal from you people are like you little piggy god and I, I i feel like billy actually it's like a valuable lesson before you go to college if we have any psa if we have any high school students listening before you go to college <laughs> oh god <laughs> 74 black christmas you left your dishes in the sink, you little piggy cunt. Yeah. Good <laughs> primer. Yeah. That could happen to you. A hundred percent. Because this <laughs> this is real. <laughs> but yeah, no, what about, the, this is presumably like your second or third time seeing this, I'm sure. I, I've watched this movie a lot. Yeah. I, uh, Seventh or eighth. Yeah, so, something fair? like that. Yeah, okay. um, it was funny because this is like, I, I'm notorious for like, you know, my grandmother was like my gateway into horror. So I, I saw this probably when I was about 10 or 11 and, uh, you know, everybody had gone to sleep. We were staying up for Christmas night because she and I were night owls. And like, she was like, do you want to watch a horror movie? I'm like, of course I fucking do. Like, let's get, let's, yeah. So, like we run downstairs, we're sitting in front of the TV and she pops in her, she had a VHS of Black Christmas and like, we sit there and watch it and it's so funny because she would do this thing where like when something that is like way not age appropriate starts happening she just like laser focuses into the movie and just doesn't say anything so we get to the phone call scene <laughs> i had <laughs> i had made a comment to somebody a couple days before because i had never heard cunt before in my entire life so I made a comment to my aunt and I was like, well, I'm hearing somebody use a four letter word that starts with C and she goes, John, I was like, what? Can't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a distinct memory of asking my mom if I could say the C word and she was like, what C word? And I was like, crap, what do you mean? What C word? <laughs> yeah, dude a better c word too yeah <laughs> there's there's just like the amount of just that little space with one c controls so much in this fucking world <laughs> all of you all are growing a heck but you know the, and, and the the big thing that i will say like comparative to like the newer one i haven't seen the newest one yeah but like the 2007 version that phone call was such a fucking letdown like that's like one of the fucking craziest parts of that whole movie and he's just like you're gonna die tonight and just fucking <laughs> but this was you know i just remember it was so creepy and it was so this was like one of the first times that i really saw like a movie with pov 
in it like that and that was really fucking cool because like uh, the more i watch reels these days on instagram i realize that children have no idea what pov means <laughs> it's not a band <laughs> i was wondering if this is one of the first four movies to do pov that was like actually one like the first thing i wrote down was like point of view horror are they one of the first people to do that I feel like I really wouldn't be surprised because, like, I'm trying to rack my brain for it right now. Yeah. And, like, honestly, because, like, in the 70s, in horror especially, a lot of it was just pan shots, you know? Yeah. Like, you think about stuff, like, from 72, like, I Drink Your Blood and shit like that, where it's just, like, all of these super wides in a house, and they're just trying to, like, I guess, use up as much, like, personal space as they can between actors and shit. So I would think so because it feels really, like, like gross intimate like like when he's like climbing down the attic for the first time and you just see his hands like going on either side like perking himself down <laughs> you're a mean one <laughs> <laughs> oh man well let's get into some of the meat of this movie um yeah we already talked about the fact that bob clark was ruining christmas for all these children so uh again that's that's just so fucking incredible to me but actually sorry eric took the time to write Don't down dare the... take this away from me no you're doing it you're I doing was it gonna say you know why okay oh you're saying you didn't want to fucking do it no i was saying i took the time to write this shit out uh give uh, give us our itinerary for i actually can't read my own handwriting this that was supposed to be my so christmas gift to you thank you <laughs> Um, yeah, Black Christmas, 1974, directed by Bob Clark, written by Ray Moore, Olivia Hussey as Jess, Margot Kidder as Barb, John Saxon, uh, for all you Enter the Dragon fans out there, as Ken Fuller, Kira Delay as Peter Delay, I'm sorry, Marion Waldman as Mrs. Mack, Andrea Martin as Phil, James Edmond as Mr. Harrison, Lynn Griffin as Claire, those are my top eight. Yeah, Saxon was also uh, Nancy's father in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I was going to say, Saxon has been in like 500 different movies. I know, he's incredible. The crossover from the 1974 to the 2006 that Phil is the house mother in the 2006. I had no idea. That's so cool. I did pick up on that. (laughs) Man, she got got short. Did Barb (laughs) not make your list? Oh, no, I said Barb, I think. Okay. Did I not say Barb? Man, Marco Kidder was, I, I think, probably the one of the highlights, besides Olivia Hussey, who is just, I love bringing, like, how the sense of caddy, now that I'm in the middle of the sentence, I don't know if I want to finish it. When they bring actual right. actors to horror movies, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, they're like, they're still in their training wheels when they do a horror movie. It's like the first thing that they get to do on camera. And sometimes they're like, just not that not that fucking good and olivia hussey is just a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. and i think her as the final girl really like was really powerful and then margot kidder as barb i i felt like she kind of made it tragic oh there she is again the dick sucking black <laughs> she's wearing the thickest choker it looks like it's keeping her head on absolutely <laughs> Because that's, I mean, that's kind of where I was coming from. With I was like, holy shit, that's the girl from Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And that would have been like three or four years removed from Romeo and Juliet. I think it right? was 68. 
Yeah. So six. Yeah. Yeah. Quick math. Yeah. <laughs> she was 16 when she did Romeo and Juliet. I would fucking die for Olivia. Yeah. See. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She I- was actually, she was supposed to be in a uh, fan film uh, called It's Me, Billy, Part Two. Uh, Oh shit. Unfortunately, uh due to medical reasons, she was not able to travel to be in the movie, which really sucks because it looked like it was gonna be a fucking great project. Or it is gonna be a great project. They're still moving forward with it, but unfortunately she will not be a part of it. So that's the depressing thing you guys get for Christmas this year. <laughs> oh wait, I have another depressing thing. Don't leave yet. Uh Margot Kidder uh played the like this fabulous sultry sassy drunk mess of a woman i think at one point she's like getting a child drunk it's a bit late to head out now i think the little bugger snockered son of a bitch yeah that, that was my favorite part <laughs> to the cops which we drink should this. all more often she actually she drank herself to death oh yeah um. years later she like commits suicide by drinking oh and uh, I get crazy. Cheers. She also played Lois Lane. <laughs> Just the dichotomy of like, <laughs> if like this role, they were like, oh, well, you love to drink. Like, do you want to do this <laughs> the whole time? And she was like, yeah. Does my desk come with scotch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's abhorrently depressing. So anyways, getting into the Christmas spirit of stabbing each other and shit. Um, but yeah, we we have like this. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess <laughs> um, someone's outside the sorority house. <sighs> oh, I'm glad you brought up the mouth breathing because I actually made a note that like the scariest thing a killer can do is just be like a, a man <laughs> have nasal congestion that hard out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> and it's in like every scene too. He's just. Uh, like he'll hang up the phone and just, uh, just uh, <laughs> what was it uh you're a gold-plated whore mother yeah oh god the lines dude barb's one-liners in this movie were fucking a tier because like it's just kind of rocking around the christmas tree at this party for this sorority yeah, house chit chat yeah and i i love and i, I realized that re-watching it this time is the intimacy that really comes with a rotary phone. Oh, yeah. Because it's very like... No, I'll take it in the other room. Will you people shut the fuck up? Right. <laughs> Shit was so funny. I was like... All right, all the men, get out. Yeah, Mom. Yeah, I'll be there at like 7.30 tonight. Oh, you're not going to be there? You're dating a new guy? Okay, got it. You're a fucking whore. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody want to go skiing? Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, what a flex. <laughs> you should really be nice to your mom. You should shut the fuck up. I was going to say, somebody's going to college for free. <laughs> I just uh, think it's interesting in like the older movies, like you can generally kind of tell who's going to live and who's going to die by like how well they mm-hmm. to societal rules, particularly women. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know from the beginning, Barb's going to die. I feel like after her, like you can't rape a townie. I was like, yeah. Okay, so you should probably die for that one. You need to somehow atone. So so I was not going to bring up that line 
because I didn't want to do a trigger warning for it. But since you brought it up. Thanks, Molly. No, that's fine. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. I've got it pre-recorded. I just wasn't going to put it in. <laughs> um, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, please break that down for us. Like, I, we were like racking our brains for like half an hour. I play The Sims. And my version of a townie is very different <laughs> from. <laughs> okay, so between the Twilight and the Sims, like, um, if you guys do need help, one eight hundred. Don't kill yourself. I was gonna say, do you want to like, yeah, um, coach me through this? I think um, it's nine eight eight now. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I had to update my suicide trigger warning for the episodes. <laughs> and that's not even if you talk about suicide. It's just like if you listen to this and you're like, no, that's it. I'm good. <laughs> Eric plays video game dollhouse. Got it. <laughs> and I'm gonna just dip out now. So yeah, I think it's like this weird duality because you have lines like that. Um, but then there's also like it's 1974 and the the heroine, the survivor, the final girl, the badass is like talking about getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, like that was just made legal like a year beforehand which i was kind of like the first time watching it mm-hmm. wondering like is that gonna be some moral you know and, and i would say at the end of it spoiler alert if you've taken 50 years to watch this movie <laughs> i think that she does die i think that's the implication at the end of the movie with the phone ringing that that mm-hmm. she will die but it is interesting that like you have you can't rape a townie and like I'm a strong woman and I can get an abortion if I want to like. Oh, oh yeah. I see what you're saying now is it's more like the townies are all final girls. Like they're all strong, badass bitches. Is that what you're saying? Really? I guess I'm just saying that there's like a good mix of like attitudes in the script that it's kind of representative of there's gotcha. like and misogyny. You can't rape a townie is basically saying like they're so slutty. Oh, they, got it. It's the other side of what I said. Out on the town, yes. Yeah, they can't. They, they're they're like they want anyone. I would say the implication there is like, get me the fuck out of this town. Right. I'm fuck as many college kids as I can, and like hopefully one of you I can sink my claws into, and you will get me out. I think the implication with the you can't rape counties is like they just want it. Which is this, horrible. This is why my notes say Peter fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I did read that Bob Clark actually received some praise for like implementing some uh feminism ideals in this movie. And when he was approached about that, he was like, Oh, did I? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's some John, John Carpenter shit. Like, it's yeah. hard to see that in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, got it. <laughs> Well, and it's funny, too, because it's probably because he put so much focus around just making a badass character that it wasn't one of those things where he really saw the sexuality. He just saw the character and then with her gender would be the things that you have to face. Because this would have also had a hand in establishing the concept of the final final girl in like mm-hmm. the early phases of that idea. Yeah, Lord. this is our pre Laurie Strode era. Yeah. She's so brave. Jess is so brave because. Mm-hmm. Because when I tell you I would unplug my phone and leave, yeah, I'm un- I'm unplugging my phone and I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> Dad, pick me up, bring the station wagon around. I think my friends are dead. I'm jumping through a window. Ow. All, all my friends are dead. <laughs> He's in the house. So fucking lutely not. And that's like one of those powerful parts of the movie that like 
that's the part when I said you laugh you scream and you cry that's yeah. the part that really kind of rocks me is when the you know that pivotal pivotal he's in the house mm-hmm. and she's like answer me and she fucking goes upstairs couldn't be me yeah no way my favorite part about that entire scene was right before that when saxon's having the conversation with nash at the police station he's like and nash don't fuck this up we go directly into the conversation. He fucks it up like two sentences. Fumbles. No, Nash is like low-key my favorite character in this whole movie. <laughs> oh, oh, fellatio is something dirty, isn't it? I get it. My favorite yeah. character was the dude in the background that was laughing at him. That shit was his so whole, funny. His whole character was laugh at Nash. <laughs> One of the girls that was in this afternoon game. <laughs> I know. Something dirty, ain't it? <laughs> For some reason, I just couldn't, I just cannot get past. First off, the fur coat man. Oh my yeah, god. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that dude had a fucking pelt, first yeah. of all. <laughs> That's Craven the Hunter, motherfucker. <laughs> Everyone is a normal college student, and then we have like one man who's like probably 40 and just like a pimp named Slickback. Funk <laughs> <laughs> music just awful. plays when he's walking. Yeah. <laughs> crazy my name is a pet named slickback and i believe i may have misplaced <laughs> holy shit slickback not slickback yo privilege in the 70s was wild <laughs> yeah because you knew it took like 13 minks to like fucking make that Oh, so many more. Either that or like one bear. I would say yeah. like I was gonna say I'd rather kill one bear. Yeah. Don't get that's... me wrong. It's not easy. I was gonna say that's a very like masculine thing to say. Like, oh, I'd just kill a bear. I'm like, would would you John? Well, He's it's what native. Like, he says shit like that. Gone. That is a cheap shot. It's not like I'm gonna fisticuffs the bear and think that I'm gonna win. Cause like that motherfucker would Because that's just Joe Rogan. <laughs> that motherfucker would palm me like a basketball and i would have no fucking face afterwards i also i just need to bring up the other like the elephant in the room of like they like fake you out so bad with the boyfriend peter right yeah. and mm-hmm. i think so just everything about him gives like i'm a murderer yeah first and foremost his fucking haircut the haircut <laughs> That fuck ass Bob. <laughs> I saw that man and I was like, he's a murderer. He's a murderer. I don't know what he's guilty of if he's gonna be the slasher in this, but he's a fucking killer. I knew what he I knew he was a piece of shit when he he like he destroyed a thirty thousand dollar piano. I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah. That's just privilege in the 70s yeah. showing itself again. Oh, true. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> man, fuck this college. <laughs> I I'm trying to make a list of like the worst haircuts in horror and i have so like gail weathers screen three 
the micro bangs. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone should have called the National Fucking Guard. That was a crime. Mm-hmm. But the two is is Peter because it's like it's like an unruly beaver. how many many beavers did peter have to kill for that wig for real how many beavers died to make the fur coat and then they had a little left over and they're like let's make a fuck-ass bob out of this (laughs) there's actually if you look there's a beaver tail that's coming out (laughs) of the bottom he's also (laughs) daniel boone (laughs) honestly dude i could i could see that in a reenactment like if that had happened during the 70s he totally could have been daniel boone daniel boone was a man (laughs) point we're hitting plot points but uh one of the things i want to talk about is just the phone calls in general yeah the mona it's it's the mona (laughs) and i was like tabernacle (laughs) (laughs) and like i just like okay so with the remake do you think that they were just afraid to say all of that? Is that what it was? And it's like, we have to replace language with artificial blood? Because that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I think that you probably, like, there's probably, like, a cunt to murder ratio to get, like, your ratings in, like, a reasonable area. Like, you, yeah, you can, like, murder five girls or you can say cunt. Hell yeah. But... For some reason, one is way worse than the other. <laughs> <laughs> They're like saying cunt is a misogynistic crime against women. Just don't say it and murder this bitch. Okay? <laughs> it's better that she be dead than offended. Yeah. 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 I kill I killed her because I had so much respect for her. <laughs> I'm like the bear that Kanye plays on. <laughs> I did that. I think that that is really one of the most effective parts of this is the like the layering of the voices, the like the surprisingly good ADR for this movie. Like, mm-hmm. oh, one hundred percent. Claps to whoever did that. Strong agree. Yeah, because it is really great. You can like see everything in this movie. The lighting is fine and the sound is fine. And in a seventies mm-hmm. movie, that's like all you can really hope for then you'll never get it except for in this one but yeah let me lick it let me they're pretty piggy cunt Mm -hmm. i loved watching you read that off the page (laughs) i wrote it down it's like bold (laughs) (laughs) underlines with a bunch of underlines because that's the other most important aspect of me Yeah. yeah And I, uh, one thing I do want to say about some of these phone calls too is I think I picked up on this like the first time that I watched it is there's almost this illusion that kind of surrounds it where like if you watch it now and you watch it with uh, subtitles on it'll say uh, woman's voice and man's voice and it kind of differentiates between all of that so there's like is there some sense of like paranormal that's happening here especially for the end of the day you just tell yourself like he's just really good at mimicking shit you know or and i know that's like a level of psychosis too for a lot of people is like you just have those arguments and those battles and shit all in your head constantly to the point where i guess you could just fucking augment your voice to literally sound like your mother yeah I think at one point, Jess, uh, played by our Lord and Savior, Olivia Hussey, 
she does say like she implies that she thinks it's a different person she's like there was a, a woman screaming um which is yeah i think it's like it's all one person but it's like so effective i mean not in in practice in the movie but to the to the girls experiencing it but yeah they think it's like obviously somewhere else and like multiple mm. people probably mm-hmm. yeah this was before robin williams this is <laughs> Was it pre-Robin? He was doing stand-up in the mid-70s. Okay. Yeah. okay. Which, so no, but <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to slide in. That's all. Also, before you could be rude as a woman, because they're all just like dutifully like staying on the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, I, I was just saying, and that's why Barb's our fucking champion in yeah. this movie. Like, I, I know that we love our Lord and Savior, Olivia Hussey, but Barb, like you're saying, is like such a paradigm that really didn't exist in cinema a lot mm-hmm. at the time. They existed in real life, you know, but they did they weren't necessarily shown on the screen. This wasn't I, modeled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, this is when I guess she's being kind of mean to like Claire. Yeah, what did Claire ever do to anybody? Be a virgin. Claire's yeah, she, really... didn't, she didn't fuck. She didn't fuck. That makes you suspicious. This gotcha. girl doesn't fuck. <laughs> this dude, this dude fucks. Emphatically yeah. <laughs> pointing at Barb. This dude fucks. <laughs> I will say, ironically, though, for a virgin, she did remember to wrap it up. True. For kill number one. I love, it. I love it. I knew that's exactly where you were going. I want to thank the Holy drum shit. section on that one. Thank yeah. you, Molly. She's also way too nice. She's like, the, I think she does. She sees someone in her closet moment too. So she's packing the cat. Yeah. Are you, the, the number yeah. one hero in this movie is that cat who's like, there's someone in the fucking house. Yeah, cl- fucking Claude. 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 <laughs> hey. Hello? And she's like looking at this face through the plastic. She's like, hey, Claude. Yeah. Hey, hey, Claude. It's oh shit. And she's like, who is that? Who is that? Like, I don't, not to victim blame, but you need to like. You can see Billy roll his eyes through the plastic. (laughs) Oh God. We got another virgin. That's probably why she's dead. She still had that Disney sense of whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> she was more inclined to believe that Claude had turned to a human than she was that there was a murderer in her closet. They were about to sing a song like a, together. She's like a good relationship with her father, so she just like <laughs> never anticipated that a man would hurt her. Yeah. While Barb is like, "Why don't you suck my dick?" <laughs> Not at college in Toronto. <laughs> Not in Toronto. They don't. Uh, so- so we, the, the other thing I want to talk about is just Miss Mac for a second, who is this problem, like number three in this movie for being the most incredible. Definitely oh, number gee, two. I love yeah, Miss Mac. Definitely number two for just her fucking dialogue. But more specifically, what I want to talk about is the scene where so she goes and gets the fucking uh she gets the bottle book. the bottle of booze out of her book yeah she goes to brush her teeth she brushes her teeth and then this is the level for me of like true alcoholism yeah kesha <laughs> downloaded her entire personality from this scene when you fucking like knock back half of a fifth and then you just go yeah 
and just gargle. Because <laughs> at first I was like, is that mouthwash? I heard the glass at the table. I was like, oh. From the fucking toilet. Holy shit. For booze and booze is for her, for sure. That's she's Holy she, shit. she keeps it real with the alcoholism in like a number of scenes. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's haunting a little bit. I feel like second only to Barb, just because Barb gets a kid drunk, which is incre- and cracks the beer in the police station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy. When she goes in and she's smoking a cigarette in front of Nash, I was like, God, the 70s were cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Just talking about fellatio and giving people cancer. You don't give a fuck. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also I love that the house mother has the line I'm in every horror movie I'm just looking for the line where you're like oh I wonder if that's gonna come up later and she has it where she's like oh this door something's wrong with the door I can't get out of the door we've been calling about it forever and you're like oh I wonder if that's gonna fucking come back (laughs) actually so, I'm glad you said something because I had forgotten about it. Something I did want to talk about was that fucking door because in the opening scene of this movie, it was fucking incredible that he's like standing five feet away from the door and just, <sighs> okay, Claire comes downstairs and goes, oh, who left the door open? And then we go back to outside and he's like looking up the trellis like, everything <sighs> <sighs> reminds me of, I think I caught it. I think I've landed on it. Y'all remember Brainy from Hey Arnold? Yeah. They used to sneak up behind Helga and just breathe on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same vibe. But he would like smile too with those fucking glasses. That shit was so weird. <laughs> it is truly. So there's like a lot of, I feel like, how would you not hear the screaming and the moaning from like in your attic? He's like on, at one point, he's like on the stairs, like 10. Well, it feet. is a sorority house. And yeah. Okay, true, true. Don't it's like the combination <laughs> of like amazing Canadian craftsmanship where you can't hear like hand carved like, mahogany, baby. It's just a fucking tree. It's made out yeah. of hockey sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but then also your door doesn't work. So there's like a give and take. There's a give and <laughs> there's no home invasions in Canada. No. Pray to Wayne Gretzky tonight. Yes, father. <laughs> Give me six Halo Kretzkys. <laughs> Don't nickel and dime the great one. Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Claire's dad is on the scene, right? Yeah. Hey, it, she's two hours late for supper. He's <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, he's kind of like a reflection of what Molly was talking about earlier, where like when you see a really, really good actor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then and and then people like that come on, and you're just like, because oh. like, my dude, I gotta tell you, like, if I was wondering where my daughter was, which I don't have, I would be freaking the fuck out. And I get that his thing is like she's two hours late for dinner, but it's like if that's weird for her, and you guys don't have cell phones yet, I'd already been fucking at the police station. Because but it's also like the 70s, mm-hmm. where like your eight-year-old kid could go missing, and they're like, are you sure he didn't just run away to his second family? Like, come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a problem. You think even the cops are like, she's probably in a cabin sucking someone's dick. And he, he's 
He's like, that's not better. Like, <laughs> you need to find her wherever she is. Officer, you're supposed to be making me feel better. <laughs> what, what was it Barb said? For Oh, for a civil servant? You suck. Yeah. <laughs> An attitude. Yeah. A she was a before it was a you know? <laughs> I was waiting for her to put her cigarette out on his forehead. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of falling in love with Barbara a little bit the more and more we talk about her. Oh, dude. I I can't die twice, but she's on that list too. Hundred <laughs> percent. Superman will catch her fall. We get the uh the major plot development for our leading lady, Jess, and it's uh she has an interaction with her boyfriend Peter, uh, who is practicing tirelessly, uh noted by the tray with like four hundred cigarette butts <laughs> sitting on this piano. <laughs> You know what today means for me, right? Yeah, we we need to talk. Yeah, what's up? Uh, I'm pregnant. Wow, that's awesome. I can't wait to have a baby with you. I don't want it. Well, you can't make a decision like that. You haven't even asked me yet. <laughs> and that's when she drops my favorite line in that conversation. Ask you. I wasn't even going to tell you. That's messed up. What you getting back? What chain? Yeah, what chain? And I was just like, oh, oh so mine, was, mine was a couple moments earlier when they're on the phone and he says, I love you. And she just says, I know. <laughs> so clean. <laughs> that uh, Han Solo shit. Love means never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> I, and it's so interesting that they do set him up. They do. He is the ringer that you're like, he for sure. First off, the hair. We've already discussed the beaver hair. We got every silhouette so far. You see it and you know he's committed crimes, mm -hmm. probably war crimes. That turtleneck was a crime. He, he war plays, crimes. <laughs> plays the piano like a murderer. Like yeah. the scene where he's playing the piano, you're like, oh, he for sure has felt flesh in a knife before. Oh, yeah. I, I just assume he didn't know how to play piano. As some, no, he was a jazz musician is what that was. Um, as somebody who has had to play music for important people before, you don't continue playing after you mess up. You just say thank you and you leave. You don't just make it through the... the you don't music. break the back of the grand you don't off. Because that was... I couldn't tell what piece of music he was trying to play. I'll be real. But there's no way you do a piano recital with a two and a half minute piece. So he had been playing for seven minutes and was still going into that territory, um, which that was I was cackling during that a sequence. Murder piano, because really that it was fucking unset. That was what the first time I watched it, that cemented like, oh, he for sure did it because who would play the piano like that and not have a taste for human like flesh and yeah. murder? I but, completely agree. I feel like he would have eaten the baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay what mother and i want to know <laughs> so so like what'll kind of segue into one of our next uh plot points is like the search party because they're like looking for claire or whatever but they find just a dead girl in the midst of all this so janice janice r.i.p but here's the thing is like do we believe that that was billy or could it have been peter or could it have been just another random Torontoran? A townie. A townie, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it is, again, it's the 70s. So, like, you could, like, that's when, that's when, if you, like, you got the urge, you're like, I don't know, feel like I might just murder someone. What are they going to do? Connect me by my rotary phone to this uh, area? <laughs> no. 
just like touches it all of his fingerprint pees on it a little, little bit you got you got to keep the suspect on the phone for 45 minutes or we're not going to be able to trace this <laughs> we have to sit down with you and, and have a cup of tea olivia hussey if you want us to catch this guy because that's I, like the oh go ahead go ahead i think it's for sure peter i think that was peter's like first move on the way to the house was murdering that little girl do you think she was like the first chair in the music ensemble <laughs> i think it looked like his sexy sister and okay. that i i don't i did like a lot of filling in the blanks for billy and like what billy's story is mm-hmm. which i say i thought it was peter i meant i i think it was billy oh, sorry. Okay. okay i think it was billy who killed to yeah. kill that because again it was the 70s and like we like the biggest difference between then and now is like now or back then is like actually even back then like as long as you don't just come all over everything it's it's really fine and you'll get away with it <laughs> basically unless you like are a bit you do it like bank robber style where you're like and this was pasty peter and i killed that girl in the park and you'll never catch me like they're just they're they aren't gonna catch you you oh, have shit. to here's my home address where i'll have the bag of money at Tasty Peter and Slick back. Let's get it. <laughs> you know, in the original version of the script, it was supposed. So his name is, I believe, Chris. Chris and Claire. Um, Chris. Adorable. Her coat. It was supposed to be her in the house. Chris is in the house in bed, and Chris is there with her, and then he's revealed to be the killer. But they thought that it was too many plot holes. Hmm. Mm the cops a couple of times while the murders were happening yeah i don't think murderers wear fur they're more environmentally conscious than that i just don't think they care about spending that much money on a nice piece of clothing (laughs) they care too they either care too much about the fur or they couldn't be bothered to do to get the fur but it's not going to be like you can't murder (laughs) absolutely not did you guys know that they were using those fur coats to smuggle cocaine into the country for a while? I don't doubt that at all. That was fucking I didn't crazy. Know that, but I don't doubt. They that would like all. hide it in the hairs, and then they would put it in like this solvent, and they would scrape Shake all the rock off. off. <laughs> Cartels wild, man. Apparently, they have the they have the best scientists on Earth. It's just, it's just forty dudes coming out of Mexico wearing fur coats. <laughs> Hell yeah. And just reeking of cocaine. What could we be up to? <laughs> like every other person in the 70s. just They're sweating yeah. fucking bullets <laughs> and getting high from their coats they're wearing. <laughs> they're sprinting into America. <laughs> that was just a fun fact. I love that. That's a great segue. I gotta use the potty again. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, So, luckily, Barb is still alive. Right, as one of the best characters, she's um, drunk. She... <laughs> but I'd rather be I'd rather be drunk. But I guess I'm alive. Yeah, or at least I'm alive, or however that line goes. Are you talking about rain on me? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, apparently the line is dry because I thought it was drunk too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was. I, I I'm gonna live my own truth on that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
we had the scene where let's just talk about Barb for a minute. Yeah, can we talk about the, turtles? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we're gonna talk about just the greatness of Barb for a minute because like her Claire's father is having an existential crisis right now and like talking to Miss Mac and Phil and she's just I like, don't have an appetite for food. I'm just worried about my daughter. Hey, you ever seen turtles fuck before? <laughs> They fuck for three days. How could I make something like that? No, really, they just three days, twenty-four hours a day. Do you know how I know this? Because I went down to the zoo and I watched them. Uh, I uh, didn't stay for the whole three days. I'm sure ejaculation. No, I watched it. Well, not the whole time. I got bored. So I went to go watch the zebras fuck. <laughs> because they ejaculate prematurely. <laughs> Which is just top ten horror movie <laughs> lines of dialogue of all time. Yeah. My fucking queen. Also, like, is that true? Like, I feel like they're really slow, so that just kind of makes sense. <laughs> they're tantric turtles. That's like where we get tantric. <laughs> they can't put it in a movie if it's not true, John. True. Obviously. That's my fault. You That's think my somebody fault. would make a movie and tell lies? John? Idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm actually, Annihilation's actually going to happen. That was actually a time capsule movie that they dropped off for us, just so we know. Because uh-huh. it's going to take place where the lighthouse happened. I feel so validated that you said that. Because <laughs> I feel like I ruined an entire month of content. Like my existential shit I made everybody listen to through November. We literally had, like, he posted something. He was like, uh, hey, what do you think about our podcast? Can we do, what should we be doing for our other episodes? And somebody commented, they were like, hey, can you go back to bad movies? <laughs> can you go back to being funny, please? <laughs> Someone just a weird, your masochist fan who just like loves to watch you suffer. Yeah, you know, I was like, like, sorry. Your, weird, your Cinnabite friend who's like sitting there with like needles in them watching your podcasts. Sorry for being an artist. We have such sights to show you. <laughs> like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about fucking Twilight now with just like angels to some, oh, I can't demons to others. Holy shit, Twilight Month is going to fucking hit. I, I I actually hate how excited people are for it. I hate people are so fucking excited for Twilight. I'm low-key obsessed with these movies. I am too. I met the, I was I was like in I think eighth grade when those came out, and I definitely went to them. And I would probably still put Jacob on my list of like worst hair in movies ever. It yeah. could be like I was really hoping that was going a better direction. and then maybe the fucking 22 inch bust down that they have that little who's like he's not native american at all i think he's Mm -hmm. just he's just like a tanned white person in fact he uses spanish lingo like loca i I think we can all agree on the fact that stephanie meyer just shouldn't be allowed to write brown people (laughs) He's part of the Mormon tabernacle and they just yeah. love <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, nailed, it. nailed it. Nailed it. Fiction. I think that was like yeah, weird vampire fan fiction. It's cool. 
<laughs> um, but <laughs> so where do you want to pick up from, John? <laughs> oh my god! So there, there is one thing I do want to say because <laughs> I we got plus or minus forty five minutes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, Miss <laughs> Miss Max Kill is like one of my favorites in this fucking movie because I put it down as hook line sinker. Beautiful. <laughs> I love a killer who doesn't like, who doesn't just stick to stabbing, you know, like you oh, really yeah. finding his joy in this. Like he is getting creative. He's like, he's working with the environment. Like he's an artist. And can you, I wanted to ask, can you still consider someone a slasher if they're doing minimal like stabbing slash slashing? Yeah. Yes. You can't call him a hooker because <laughs> right. that's different. Well, we can do anything. We've already got somebody called Hussy in this movie, so it's anything goes. We can do whatever we want. So it, it's our fucking podcast, I, I, and it's it's funny you say that because like a, a hot take on that same concept is I don't think that Jason or Freddie are slashers. Because when you think about it, Freddy is a nightmare monster and Jason is a zombie. Like, those are inherently, they're creature features to me. To me. Let's move on. I know people are going to be like, John's stupid again. <laughs> he just keeps fucking talking. It is valid. Like, I would call Late Checkout a slasher movie. Um, 100%. Based, based on, on the setup. Um, and killing like beautiful, buxom young people in in a specific setting, and I would consider Black Christmas a slasher movie for the same reason. But yeah. I also maintain that like he doesn't really do much like slashy. He gets really creative with it. Mm -hmm. The unicorn. Yes. yes, yes. That was like I I remember seeing that the first time, and you just see him through the glass of the unicorn. <laughs> Like, I almost felt like I felt him getting a hard on, just like standing over her, like getting ready to grab Oh, this the... is such a good idea, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he like high fives himself. Oh, this is crazy. Because <laughs> this dude has like some of the most autistic moments in like this, in this movie. Like, especially like after he kills Miss Mac, he has like a level one meltdown where like the <laughs> camera's on his chest and he just like, he punches the fucking fake horse that's up there and starts breaking shit in the attic. <laughs> when the tism is weapons grade. <laughs> this movie could have been a case study so sick absolutely I, w I want to quickly talk about this is not for the sake of getting serious because I know this is a serious podcast and I just <laughs> talk about real shit that yeah. we make up my favorite line in this entire movie comes from jess where she's uh, uh being confronted once again because peter is inside the house at this point i waited for you and i got cold so i went upstairs and took a nap and everything right so um he makes the point because he's again trying to to push the issue i don't want you to have the abortion and everything and she says she's talking about you know you're talking about your dreams and wanting to become a concert pianist well i have things i want to do too and she drops the line you can't ask me to give up my ambitions because your plans have changed just drop that mic right there oh because that was a beautifully written and delivered line 
Absolutely. And that is like a one of the more like gripping things about Black Christmas is that it is so funny and cheeky, but then there is this like, you know, arguably the like B plot is this like kind of don't give a fuck empowerment of mm-hmm. Jess. She's mm-hmm. just really taking control over her own life moments before it ends yeah <laughs> <laughs> and olivia's delivery in mm-hmm. the because it's really she has the serious scenes like when if we look at this scene by scene she is ultimately what contains the gravity of the story outside of the slasher mm-hmm. and everything else is very much like you say it's very tongue-in-cheek it's very cheeky it's like like even just the scene where she is like opening the door and fills behind her in the search party's like what you got going on in there? It feels like our dog died. <laughs> yeah. I would rather die than have to talk to these old <laughs> <Right>. relatable queens. <laughs> <laughs> and <Murder of> course, <laughs> yeah. And of course those dudes are so fucking creepy because as soon as the door closes, they're just like, <laughs> they're like, what? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> party where there's like one guy on like a fucking toboggan or like a snowmobile or something mm. and it's like hey kevin don't don't go too fast because you're gonna fuck this up for everyone yeah like like he just always does that he just looks down like i fucking i know we're looking for a dead kid <laughs> just like goes off god bob they think we're weird now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The little weird funny bits are <laughs> but again, but again like i little... love that they had the wherewithal to find like the humor in that moment too like despite everything that's happening around them because <laughs> yeah. one would assume that most of them just saw that dead girl like over by the pond or fucking whatever the fifth person hey some girl died yeah we heard now they got this weirdo walking around downtown with an erection everywhere asking <laughs> if he could come into people's fucking homes ask yeah. me about my wiener <laughs> Yeah, college was weird. <laughs> sister, baby, my baby with my sister, Agnes. <laughs> Agnes. Agnes sounds hot. Right to jail. <laughs> are, that like that? Are you in an attic in some woman's house right now? <laughs> Let's get. Way. I make some calls. <laughs> Let's get canceled. <laughs> Someday. He's like, I really just don't want to do social media anymore. Just cancel us. I'm glad you're picking up my slow quitting of social media. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, also, the, the fact that they put a wiretap in this house, I thought was incredible. Which was amazing. Because, like... They had to have a written permission in the 70s to put a wiretap in a house. Now apparently. you just buy a Roomba. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Google, are we being tapped? Absolutely. <laughs> Why would I tap you, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just start uh, vibrating. Uh, 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 stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I'm going off the grid in five years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have like a pretty primo final girl battle, right? Because we have like the this whole movie, like it's been very clear. And I think with the storyline that was written for Jess, 
kind of shows that she has the fortitude mm-hmm. the entire time, like to be her own person, to do what it takes, do she is willing to do what it takes to do what she knows is best for her. So you got the look, but do you have the touch? Oh, she had the touch. <laughs> She's like walking around with the fucking like fire poker, which is like one of my personal favorite say, weapons. Great a horror survival weapon. Oh America. yeah, dude, that shit's cast iron. Oh my god. I was- she had the will, she had the way, and I also just feel like she really wanted to fucking kill Peter. Like, at that point, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if Peter, she's like, get off my back, you fucking weird wig son of a bitch. Me not having the courage to break up with somebody. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I am convinced that she is the one that killed Peter. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm 100% convinced of that. I, I I don't know if that's a take or not for people. Like, <laughs> I think that was pretty straightforward, my guy. Well, Billy's in the house. It's not like he died. <laughs> like, but but I, again, that's just me, and apparently everybody else. I'm not special. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bro really thought he said something right there. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Here, here I was bringing up a topical conversation. You're like, he's a fucking moron. <laughs> I didn't say that. You said it with your eyes. Well, I agreed with you, technically, <laughs> is what I did. Uh, but anyways, uh, like this fight that they had throughout the house was awesome. Because like somehow they managed to still not reveal Billy's face through all of this you know and it's a relatively quick getaway you know she makes it downstairs after she like scissor kicks him in the chest like a bad bitch and like she gets down and you have like what do you call it um just that that quaff of peter's hair (laughs) 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 just floating behind the window the fuck ass of peter's wig coming through the window jess are you down there it's me peter are you sure you want to have an abortion? <laughs> yeah, he really does come in like the fucking Kool-Aid man, just like forcing that conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Huh? And, yeah, I think, I think Peter, I mean, everyone gets one, right? Every, you get to murder one shitty boyfriend, right? It, I, you know, I've managed to survive this long, so I couldn't I tell you. I was going to say, I guess I'm clean. <laughs> Hide every fire poker within a five mile radius. And that, and that, and that just continues to reinforce. It's not about being the fastest zebra. It's about not being the slowest zebra. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That was a great premature ejaculation joke. I was going to say, I tied it back. Rolodex method. It all Let's comes back to zoological together. sex. Everybody's so talented. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of talent, they're like right before this battle doesn't. I was going to say her acting. You you're you brought this up earlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and Molly, this is again a testament to your point uh, much earlier in the show was that moment of Olivia having that breakdown at the door was like the most well acted scene in this entire film and she just fucking delivered the shit out of that. Yeah. So, 
So what I have a question for you about is because you've been in situations like that, whether it be for an audition or actually in some of your roles as well. Like what, there's a lot of different techniques that people have, you know, for like to get yourself in that kind of space. What do you kind of do for yourself when you have to deliver something in that fashion? So I'm a, there, there are, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. And I feel like it kind of depends like when you're, when you're doing the big, when you're doing the scene, I, for me, the nature of acting is to, uh, to be there and to be present and to be involved a hundred percent that, that just thinking of something that happened to you in the past that makes you cry for me is just not enough. It feels like modeling with extra steps. Like I love that motion modeling where you're just kind of emulating something. And I think what Olivia Hussey captures so well is she's not like thinking about what it should look like. I agree. Um, she's being there of, of your, you know, your, I, I'm not like a sorority girl at all, but your, your fucking, your sisters are dead. Um, and, and I think especially kind of taking into consideration that speech of like, I can't stop my life for your change of plans, that realization that like everyone around me's life has just ended and, and my life might now end too painfully and horribly. And when you allow yourself to be in that that headspace it's uh shocking and horrifying what will come out of you weird noises and i think that's like for me that's really what she she didn't she doesn't try to be like (laughs) you know like she doesn't try to like like oh my god i'm so scared (laughs) for everyone listening to this watch this on the i was gonna say oh my god one more time what isn't she trying to be like (laughs) she actually actually just gives you she gives you existential dread and terror yeah in the purest form i think that's really what makes her such a good actor is she is a hundred percent of this movie no matter how ridiculous and like kind of sticky it gets sometimes um she's there and she is that character and she's just letting herself be um, which I think really makes the difference. And it's also super fucking painful and terrible. Like shooting horror movies is something that gets shit on a lot um, because there's so many like cheesy horror movies that don't really involve people acting. But again, that kind of like long form modeling thing that I was talking about, mm-hmm. you are actually like in the headspace of like, I am going to get raped and die it's it's not pleasant and then you get to do it and then they're like okay let's do that five more times yeah and it's it's not it's not super fun i've definitely like witnessed people you know it's when we filmed uh my death for late checkout which spoiler alert not everyone in the slasher movie lives (laughs) especially the co-writer yeah (laughs) Like afterwards, it was like we were all best friends on that set. We really like we had a great time. We're goons. We're just like laughing it up all the time. And after that, like everyone just kind of like, don't fucking touch me. Don't look at me. Like we just all kind of like wanted to go sit. 
and not talk about it because it's really horrifying, not fun. But I will say for pickup shots, when you just need the shot of me crying, but tears coming from the eyes, those like really just visual things. Um, I actually, if I think too much about meeting Chewbacca, I will cry. And that's not an exaggeration. I, um, I've had people offer what? to like take me to Disneyland because I've heard that you actually can meet Chewbacca. Um, and I don't think I'm ready. And I could cry right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Incredible. I've been, I've been I've been speaking with you for precisely one hour and ten minutes, and you're one of my favorite people on the planet. I just need you to know that that was the purest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life, and I'm gonna cry because holy shit! It's like the little girl that like cries because she can't stop thinking about waffles. Yeah, it's the dude. same level of oh purity. My God. <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> Let me so, readjust so my mic. His Han Solo. My, yeah, let's do something with my hands real quick. Hang on. Here we go. No, that's brilliant. And I love that because, like, to your point, I mean, I feel like she really captures the desperation of that. I don't want to go up the stairs, but I need everybody that's alive that may or may not be alive up there to wake the fuck up. And it's like her head jerks. It feels a little overacting. It feels a little performative, but you you buy into it and you're like, no, because you would be doing the same thing. You wouldn't be looking cool in that moment, you know? Yeah, she really commits to the bit. And the like the way that she yells, answer me. Yeah. Um yeah, that just it gets it gets it may it that may, that one makes me cry almost yeah. every day because it is just so fucking horrifying to think about. Um and yeah, you're right. It's like they're probably on some quaaludes. They've been just drunk this whole time i have to go get them like if there's no way for me to oh, just oh boy. <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna let you off the hook with the chewbacca thing but i think we'll save that for the interview yeah make sure that you guys are checking out our exclusive interview with molly here in a little bit but uh i was gonna say i think it's actually hard to kind of follow up all of that because molly that was really insightful um i will say one thing i think would be really fun is do you have any theories about this film especially with the ending because you know we never had a black christmas 2 we just had two remakes over 50 years so for you professional virgins who haven't yeah. black christmas um we assume at the end of Black Christmas that our heroine Jess has killed the killer when she slayed her um, horribly haired partner. The alliteration. There's way too many alliterations. I apologize for that. Uh, and then she's she's this in in very quintessential '70s police work. The police just leave her in the house with all of these dead bodies where all of these murders just happen. They're like, she's a woman. She's hysterical. She needs to have a nap. Give this bitch a quaalude. Um, <laughs> they put her down Get in the bed. A quaalude. <laughs> and, you, and you think, okay, like she's resting. It's over. Um, uh, maybe a little even like tie back to Romeo and Juliet, which is the other one. Ah. Like, 
Olivia Hussey's in of, of her peacefully laying there. And then, dun, 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 dramatic reverb. <sighs> Mouth breathing, pan out to the fact that there is still very much someone in the house. And then the phone rings. Um, the movie ends with, I think it's 13 rings of the phone, which as we know is the scariest number. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> you're like 12. That's fine. And the 13th comes. And you're like, no! <laughs> we didn't have the time or the budget for 666 rings. <laughs> it, actually, it actually like the, I love follow through. I feel like sometimes um horror movies and especially horror movies that have comedy elements uh it's hard to find where you break the tension because you build and you build and you build and like the turtles it's like well when are we gonna fucking come here you guys like <laughs> at some point we have to like give them something um and oftentimes it's the credits like something shocking happens and then like he was a boy she was a girl <laughs> in the credits to kind of cut the tension but they don't do that with this um the throughout the credits the phone just keeps ringing mm. and it's that horrible like grating rotary sound oh, <laughs> so in my head i have a couple of theories so first is that billy used to live in the house he was trapped in the attic because he's a little fucking uh, maybe just i think that might actually just be how people in the 70s handled autism they're just like oh he's freaked Lock that's him. my clock that's my attic kid yeah i see like the cage Harry Potter. the cage behind eric there i assume that mm -hmm. was kind of what's going on in your house as uh well that's it's actually house, for Eric, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets the cage, you get the crawl space, we have yeah. like all, all of the levels covered. The, the the I mean, I'm not even Yeah, I, I put a choker on and I go to bed. <laughs> so my theory is that he fucked his sister, he she got pregnant, his parents were furious, he's like, wants to know where the baby is, maybe he kills his sister and kills the parents, and then it's just left with this, like, what happened to the baby, what happened, and this very, like, childlike, not understanding the consequences to your actions, and also hating women, um, so I don't think that he would have relaxed at all, and I don't think it's one of those situations where, like, sometimes in horror movies, you'll have the killer, like, take special interest in the final girl where he wants to like keep her and like pet her and like play with mm. her i don't i don't know it's been a long time since i've kept a girl in my attic um <laughs> well you but, just recently got out of jail so uh, we don't have to, yeah. Yeah. Is, she, is she still alive yeah. up there how, <laughs> um, how long were you away i know i left her one of those little like hamster feedy things <laughs> she's good she's good um so I think I think Jess is certainly doomed. But the question, I guess, is if he just if the phone just keeps ringing, can he get off? Like, is like is the phone call part of it? He's like, hello, or he's like leaves a message. He's like, I don't um, I don't know if you have any room on the. Oh God, I don't even know what it's called. What do you leave a a message on that's not your voicemail box? An answering machine. No thing. He's like on the answering machine, like, hey, this is Billy. Um, you got there. This and know where the baby's at. Call me back. Right, you're <laughs> you're 
I feel like the one thing I would have done in because like I just can't be trusted in these situations is like, oh my god, something's bad happen bad's happening. I would have just taken the phone and left it off the hook. Oh yeah. <laughs> Catch me at the holiday inn. I'm fucking out of there. <laughs> Tell me you're gonna lick my little piggy cunt once. Straight to voicemail. Straight to voicemail. Dude, Fuck, I need a drink. You get swatted for that kind of shit now. <laughs> like people, oh, people, I was gonna say, yeah. People get upset just over losing Call of Duty. You can't be doing that yeah. shit anymore. <laughs> and from inside the house, they're like pinging the phone. They're like, "Bitch, are you inside of my house?" That's- also, that fucking like operator station was oh incredible. God. I was like, how the fuck does he even know? Because like we're hearing the ringing because it's just like correlating between the scenes and he's just like walking through like. Yeah. Huh? The maniacs inside the mailbox. <laughs> Eric, I to do a rewatch. Uh, always look in the background, especially when it's like a solo shot on a, like a, one of the girls in their room or uh, the house mother, because you will see like weird shadows in the background. Ah, and I think are that is Billy. It's one of it's like a movie that keeps on giving. If you watch it a couple, gotcha. Stuff you'll catch every time of like he's really just there, and everyone's yeah. drunk and high and self obsessed that they're like. Everything's fine. I will definitely be rewatching this one um, as somebody who is no longer a professional version and can downgrade to amateur. Um, like a regular old gold ribbon whore if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Go wait, what, Billy. I'm what a tender like bio. A <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really insightful. I appreciate that. That's cool. I, I kind of like stuff like that where it's hiding in plain sight the whole time anyway. Yeah, but you and like you- Robert Egg- Eggers movies. I love Robert Eggers movies. <laughs> I think he's a fucking genius. That was me like, what do I get myself for Christmas this year? Do I get that like triple A 24 subscription and just buy Robert Eggers <laughs> for 10% off? I actually did order an A24 shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Molly, that was a fabulous pick and yeah, thank you. like great way to kick off the Christmas season. But you have so much shit going on. Uh so let's let's cover some of that real quick. Um so first of all, uh late checkout, absolute banger, slasher glory. Uh I think somebody actually won an award for their scene in Whoa. that, if I remember correctly. Whoa just some yeah some professional virgin no uh thank you yes i as i said before you know i i knew i had to be good at something and if dying is that it confirms a lot of my suspicions (laughs) well said well as a co-writer on that that was super exciting was this your first time co-writing for something that was going to be a feature Absolutely. Yeah. I I love to work with people who kind of allow for that collaboration. I started in theater and in theater, you, uh, the the script is the Bible and you really can't stray from what's written at all. And a really awesome thing about film is that you can be improvisational and you can kind Mm -hmm. of see 
scene takes you. So there's always moments as an actor where you get to be your character and make decisions for your character. Um, but as far as like formally writing, I think with, with Josh, it started with he cat he wanted to cast me and my character's name was Tina. And I was like, I'd rather fucking die. Tina, have you ever met a person? Tina. Fucking <laughs> not. Tina sounds like she's trying to, she's on an all meth diet trying to lose some tooth weight. It's I was going to say, I know a Tina. <laughs> That's a little private joke for. He could use <laughs> some meth. Yeah. Uh, so it just started with like small little tweaks like that. Like, hey, if I'm going to play this character. And then um, we really started collaborating on what it means to make a horror movie and what you can do within the genre. And especially when you're kind of like, we didn't really want to over explain it. Like, I think that's why I love movies like Black Christmas, where it's just like, let's really get into the horror of a real life situation of people being brutally fucking murdered. <laughs> Uh, we'll make likable characters and we'll make people who are you know kind of cannon fodder that you're like oh yeah like that guy should get murdered i'm i'm all for that makes you like question your own mm -hmm. in that way um so yeah it was it was like an easy collaboration that happened very naturally and then we ended up kind of turning the script on its head and i added a bunch of like crazy feminist mumbo jumbo and and <laughs> how dare you uh, let me let me ask you this world me, references <laughs> so let me ask you this uh did you write the campfire scene oh yeah i Fuck we yeah. could tell yeah it was fucking hilarious and it was so on point because you took a couple shots at yourself too and i was like okay <laughs> she, she, <laughs> oh god she's self-aware <laughs> thing in horror is when we pretend that women don't like each other or that like female friendships are all like predicated on this like secret jealousy and i find that that's just like like i i could meet a woman and she'd be like oh yeah i'd die for you you're cute and i like your shoes and we're in the bathroom together so like yeah that makes sense um so it was really important to me to like make interesting dynamics between all of the the mm -hmm. characters within that and then kind of play with like what does it mean to be a dude who's friends with other dudes and friends with dudes of different ages who have different goals in life and we can't hug each other because our hearts might touch <laughs> and that is gay <laughs> <laughs> not not the heteronormativity yeah. coming in <laughs> Formativity is always the real slasher. <laughs> Mark it. Holy shit. What a line. It's a nightmare on Can we make that into a t-shirt? Are, are you passing that along to us? Can we yeah. use that? Hell yes. We'll put you on the shirt. We'll, we'll use one of the awesome art prints that they had for y'all's uh, credits for uh, late checkout. Because those things were sick as fuck. Yeah, we, I uh, think that those were actually done by a person who was in our, like, movie within a movie, which is also a thing that I, like, love to do. I love to do the movie within a movie. I, and that's why I love the horror community is, like, people will come along for those weird self-aware moments where we're like, oh, this is fucking ridiculous and true. <laughs> Let's just get into it. What fourth wall? <laughs> I would absolutely watch Demonte Inferno. Yeah, 100%. Oh, 
so that's gonna i think that's gonna i mean it's already doing really well at the festival circuit obviously i mean it's I was gonna an, say i fucking love late checkout yeah like, we're we're big fans of that in this household and it's an absolute banger i cannot wait for more people to be able to see it i know josh is talking about distribution here soon so i know that's its own fucking when 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 he knows everybody will know than you think sooner than the turtles certainly yes. <laughs> two <laughs> days motherfuckers <laughs> let's go <laughs> i'm trying to get that zebra hotline <laughs> <laughs> that's patreon that's patreon yeah. um so anyways uh again great cast and crew can't wait for everybody to see that um i actually didn't know that you were a part of and i should have because i know the atlanta scene is especially horror specifically is this very tight-knit group of like really awesome people that have been working together for quite some time uh so tell us a little bit about uh or what you can uh for house among the trees house among the trees written by blair hoyle and uh directed by tyler horner for from eye for eye productions uh blair is i don't want to say an evil genius because he's actually like a, a really swell guy but he's also a sick fuck um and he just writes really intriguing terrifying horrible depressing but like uplifting screenplays and i've always wanted to work like he did like wear beer he's just like he's he's a lot of fun and he also is someone who really appreciates the horror community for what it is and meets it where it's at and i've always wanted to work with him because of his writing uh and not only was he writing this but he's also like starring in it we have like wes robinson from uh who was my, in my whole heart phantom fun world watchdog fucking everything yeah he's, yeah he's awesome elsie holt who was in um late checkout as well i really love elsie elsie's awesome to work with so i just wanted to get involved somehow it's like a smaller role in that but it is this like i guess yeah i guess i would say like a hillbilly noir mystery it's kind of like uh oh god like what is the kiss movie kiss kiss bang bang no 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 not kiss (laughs) i mean the actual kiss movie oh yeah (laughs) detroit rock city baby it's kind of like detroit rock city meets kiss kiss bang bang actually (laughs) kiss and kiss kind of meet up and and get really horrifying and gory and i'm super excited for everyone to see that because it's 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 like there's no way to explain it because it's just not what you expect fuck yeah hell yeah (laughs) big big fan of tyler too i mean that dude's got great cinematography skills like out of this world um also uh starting next year you have a very particular role uh with one of well our dad um mr daddy mark Cantu. yes in his new film grind yes i'm so excited about grind mark is phenomenal and mark is another guy who like you know, he, he gave me a lead and was like, you know, you're, you're the lead, you are her. So whatever you need to do in this, do it, rewrite, send me things. Um, so it's been a really collaborative process and it's another one that has movies within movies. Um, yeah. Playing on Grindhouse. Um, so there's a lot of like cheese and funniness and, um, 
also this really deep current uh, that I love playing on as as an actor, having something to really latch on to. Um, again, not one that I can really say much about because it's just not what you would expect. But right. it's kind of like a like a grindhouse Cthulhu sexy nightmare, if that's intriguing to Holy anyone. shit. Uh, I love yeah. it. <laughs> it. That's just tentacle porn, Tentacles, baby. Tentacles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, very, very exciting. Very exciting. Um, I, I we fucking really love Mark. I don't even know that we need to like continue to reinforce how much we fucking love Mark. I will do it till the day that I die. <laughs> I love this man so much. And I'm really, really excited to see you being a part of one of his films. Yeah. I love like as soon as I saw uh, the werewolf from Wolf Hollow, I was immediately like, what the fuck are they doing in Pittsburgh? Because that's. <laughs> it's insane the quality of the werewolf was insane Apollo was so much fun and had all of the elements it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry it will turn you gay (laughs) (laughs) hey look mom i'm gay now like you know that's a risk we all run anytime we leave the house but we'll follow okay we'll follow brings it to you live uh, I'm really excited to work with him because of like the quality that comes in his productions. And Felissa Rose is a producer on this, and Felissa is just someone who I wholeheartedly believe in. She's mm-hmm. a great performer and just has um, a really good peer energy that you want to get behind the things that she's doing, whether it's like concealing a penis or brutally murdering people. You know, whatever it is that Felissa does, she does it as a lovely human. So I'm always on board with her. She bought me flowers once and like etched that into my gravestone. (laughs) I would dehydrate them and put them up in like little fucking crevices around my house. Just like every time I turn around, I'm a little happier. (laughs) God damn it. Got there. Cries and mommy issues and a love of horror. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she is absolutely slaying the indie scene right now like we won't get too much into that but like production and acting and like making a lot of these movies happen has just been and, and you know daniel kearney as well you know them working together has been absolutely incredible to watch you know we love daniel on the show i was gonna say just one more like note about felissa anytime somebody talks about felissa rose on our podcast they continue to build on the legend that is <laughs> felissa rose yeah well she she's uh I, I just feel like people don't really understand if you've only ever um if you've only ever seen her like on screen or on what what's I'm so sorry, my brain is completely not working. Sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp. Thank yeah. you. If you've only ever seen her on screen in sleepaway camp, you need to change that like immediately because she really is one of the most dynamic performers. I think I've ever had I've ever had the pleasure of working with she like fills up the room and whether she's just filling up the room with like her Felissa je ne sais quoi which is this like beautiful welcoming energy but then she starts acting and it's uh it's it's really powerful she's a very powerful performer hell yeah absolutely and what one of the last things we'll get into real quick uh is there is a movie that people can watch right now on Tubi with you in it called Slash Lorette Party which is a lot yes. of fun. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, it's super fun. It has um, Ginger Lynn, and if if you know, you know. Um, and she's a, she's an incredible uh, like eighties hero, porn hero. Um, but she brings it so well in this role. And we have Drew Marvick, who's obviously like another indie darling and everything he touches turns to gold. And Andrew Brown, um, who's an actor out in LA who everything he does is fucking phenomenal. And we all come together to make this like super fun, campy slasher in the woods, gay panic um, murder fest. <laughs> The amount of like gallons of blood that we went through on that at one point they're just like throwing gallons of blood on me i feel like we didn't, <laughs> i don't even think that made it <laughs> just like we're just like fuck it we'll do it live um a lot of fun ladies <laughs> uh and pretty ladies and or murder and any combination of those things check it out maybe not if murder um if it's murder go to a police station please I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, make sure you check out Slash Red on Tubi. Again, keep your ears open for Late Checkout, House Among the Trees. And obviously, we will always be posting about all of what these things are doing. But also, Grind. Super excited for that as well. And you're racking up another lead role. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm really, I'm really happy. And you, like you said, I mean, Mark is just like the person to follow into war. So yeah, there's a, there's Mark, a good thing. Mark King. <laughs> My captain. <laughs> He's just fucking rowing. Holy shit. <laughs> My watch is telling me my heart rate's increasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Give it up for Molly one more time. Thank you so much for being on our Christmas special this Whoa. year. Thank you for having me. What a treat you guys are. Put and a little... It... <laughs> Just a little bow. It's me, <laughs> Bowie. I've got like a lightning bolt on my eye. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys can't get quite enough of Molly, make sure you check out our Patreon at $3 a month uh, and see our exclusive interview. It'll be cool. So thank you guys for joining us once again. Merry Christmas to all and laugh with the creatures that go bump in the night. <laughs>